Cause you've got personality. Walk with personality. Talk we got to the time of the song. John, bring that down a little bit there. Cut, cut Lloyd Price down a little bit there. Although I could listen to that, that all night and indeed Lloyd Price songs all night. Good evening. It's Wednesday night. It is, I believe, let me look at the calendar here. I finally got around to it. May the 26th, and it is the Tom Kearney Show. We're here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 with a little bit of live and in real-time radio. And I have a, a visitation tonight, so our guest, Dr. Ed Funkhauser, is going to do most of the talking. I'll, I'll do a little bit of it. But uh, I have been burdened by a, a good bit of my life by something called a spontaneous nosebleed, and I got one about two minutes ago. And until I can get it to stop, it's just going to be a pain in the you-know-what. Know but as they say in this business, the show must go on. Uh, we've told you that we're here every night, Monday through Friday, uh, periodically, usually about once a month. We do what is called a necrology. A necrology is a list of those who have left us but deserve to be remembered. The word is Greek, I think. And uh, we started doing this. I think almost 15 years ago, because I, I remember it was in June of uh, 2006. It was at the very time that that uh, the Hurricanes were winning the the Stanley Cup, and Dr. Funkhauser, who is a longtime friend of mine and uh, professor emeritus of communications at NC State, took on the role of keeping the role of the those who have passed on. And he's our guest tonight. Ed, are you there? I'm here, Tom. You get to be a radio pronouncer full flesh tonight. I'll chip in once in a while, but the rest okay. of I've got to stop my nose, please. Okay. I I'm sorry. I, I want to point out that um, uh, I want to point out that this year might be another year for the Canes and the Stanley Cup. Uh, well, I'm hoping we'll we we'll, we will bring them good luck by being there this very time. And, uh, uh, we certainly were there uh, in 2006. Well, uh, Tom, we're going to start tonight with, uh, as, as the uh, listeners uh, probably noticed, that the opening music tonight was a bit different. That was Lloyd Price, of course, and the song Personality, his hit record from 1959. Uh, well, we opened with that uh, music tonight because Lloyd Price passed away on May 3rd. He was 88 years old. He was a singer and songwriter, and... Uh, he was active from about 1952 until the late 1970s. Remember his hit records? Many folks will. Lottie Miss Claudie in 1952. Stagger Lee, 1958. Stagger Lee is a quite old song from the 1920s, but his version in 1958 was very popular. Personality in 1959. And a song uh, I know that you like, Tom, I'm Going to Get Married uh, yep. in 1959. He was a native of Louisiana, an Army veteran. He served in Korea and is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is Lloyd Price. I think he was inducted in, do I remember, 1988, I believe, or 98. Uh, I believe it was 1998. 1998, okay. But, but uh, 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 something like that. He's there. Yeah. That's for sure. Let's look at some actors and actresses, uh, Tom. Olympia Dukakis uh, passed away May 1st. She was 89 years old, very prolific American actress. Uh, stage productions, uh, more than 130 of those, 60 films, uh, more than 50 television appearances, uh, won awards, both Academy and Golden Globe Awards. Notably, she won Best Supporting Actress for Moonstruck in 1987, 
and many other films as well, and many TV dramas. And she was a cousin of the 1988 presidential candidate, who was Michael Dukakis. Um, now, the, the movie you mentioned, Moonstruck, that's the Cher movie, right? That's correct. She played her, did she play her mother or something in that movie? I think. Yes. Okay. Johnny Crawford uh, died April 29th. He was 75. Now, he was, a, he was a, a youth actor, although he was active later in his life. He was mostly known as a youth actor. He was a mouseketeer, a Disney mouseketeer at age 12 in 1955. But he was on the TV show The Rifleman as Mark McCain when he was 13 years old. Uh, he appeared in lots of other TV shows as a teen actor in the late 1950s. And he was Wilbur's neighbor on Mr. Ed. Um, you remember Mr. Ed, of course, uh, the talking horse. Uh, as an older teenager, he had a singing career. He continued to act periodically in movies and TV shows until 2019. By the way, his older brother, uh, Robert, was also an actor. Well, if you want to see him as a teenager, uh, the Rifleman is frequently rerun on retro channels. And so, uh, right. I suppose right. see him. He was the son of the, uh, Chuck Connors, the star, I think, in that. Yes. yes. Norman Lloyd uh, passed away May 11th, and Norman Lloyd was 106. That's 106, 106 years old. He was everything. He was an actor, director, producer in all media, starting in about 1923. <laughs> His last film appearance was a movie, Trainwreck, which was a popular movie in 2015. He was over 100 years old when he appeared in this movie. I a long list of appearances uh, uh, on TV, Murder, She Wrote, Twilight Zone, Star Trek, you name it. A film, he was in the Dead uh, Poets Society, and a couple of uh, Hitchcock movies, Saboteur and Spellbound. Uh, many radio appearances as well, and stage, Norman Lloyd. Well, you uh, know, Ed, when you're identifying somebody as a person who appeared on the radio, probably in a dramatic role, you really are talking about somebody who takes us back, you know, because that's that's been passe for a good bit of time in America. That's true. Sadly so. Sadly so, right. Paul Mooney died May 19th. He's 79 years old. He was an actor and a writer and a stand-up comedian. Actually, he is famous in the business as the writer for Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Dave Chappelle. Uh, but he also was a well-known writer for the TV show Sanford and Son and Good Times. And he played Sam Cooke in the movie The Buddy Holly Story. Uh, interesting about Paul Mooney, he started his career as a circus ringmaster. Charles Grodin, one of your favorites. Uh, he was into everything. Film, TV, stage actor. He died May 18th. He was 86 years old. Active from 1954 to 2017. He appeared in 40 movies, including Rosemary's Baby, Catch-22, Heartbreak Kid, Dave, Beethoven. He appeared uh, on TV dramas and comedies. He hosted Saturday Night Live. He also appeared on Laverne and Shirley, but he was also in shows like The Big Valley and The Virginian. And for a time, he was a talk show host on CNBC and a political correspondent and commentator for CBS TV. Uh, uh, I think I told you I was always interested. Uh, I, I was always fond of watching the Johnny Carson monologue, and frequently he would appear 
on the Johnny Carson show, and they seemed to always be at odds with each other, and I, I could never decide whether it was a put-on or whether it was real. Uh, but uh, but in any event, I always enjoyed that particular thing. And he was a kind of a cultural uh, commentator. Uh, in some yeah, of he, was, he was into just about um, many different kinds of activities having to do uh, with the media. Um, as a, again, as a political commentator, even, as well as a comedian and an actor. Uh, Rusty Warren uh, died May 25th. She was 91 years old. Now, who was Rusty Warren? Well, she was a native of Massachusetts. Her real name was Eileen Goldman. She was a classically trained pianist. Her musical mentor was Arthur of Boston Pop fame. She actually taught uh, a piano for a time. But she became a stand-up comic, Tom, with adult material, rather body material. I uh, would describe her perhaps as a, a female early Red Fox um, with many recording, record albums, recordings of her routines. And she was quite popular in the 60s and 70s, something quite different. She released 15 albums of her comedy routines and songs. Uh, Rusty Warren, age 91. Okay, I think what we need to do right now is to stop and take a break and let me identify... Dr. Ed Funkhauser, the keeper of the role for the necrology for the Tom Kearney show. And uh, he is uh, catching us up with those people who have passed away in about the last month, but who deserve to be remembered. And I think, uh, Ed, you told me Rusty Warren died today. And I noticed, by the way, in the news uh, from CBS at the top of the hour, the gentleman who wrote the stories about the hungry little caterpillar passed away today. I heard, so. I heard that. We'll get that on our next show, Tom. Get that on the next show. So we're going to stay up to date. And we'll be back with some more of our necrology right after this. It's 920, almost 921 on WPTF, the Tom Kearney Show for Wednesday night, May the 26th, with the May's update of the necrology and those who have passed away who deserve to be remembered and our keeper of the role, Dr. Edward Funkhauser. And he's the one who's going to tell you about that uh, really interesting piece of music. I think that's Ramsey Lewis, isn't it, Ed? That is correct. That was Ramsey Lewis. And the song was Wade in the Water. Um, now, Wade in the Water uh, was an African-American spiritual. Uh, it's more than 200 years old. I'm not sure we know exactly how old the song is, but it goes way back there uh, into the area, uh, to the era of slavery. Um but it was arranged by a fellow named Norman Simmons. And it's Norman Simmons, we want to mention, who passed away May 13th. He was 91 years old. He was a jazz musician. He was a pianist who played with many of the great jazz singers. But he arranged this song, Wait in the Water, this African-American spiritual, into a very big uh, commercial success for Ramsey Lewis, a pianist, in 1966, Tom. His name was Norman Simmons, who did that arrangement. I, I always liked Ramsey Lewis, and I actually have a little story. I went to see him at the, the Stewart Theater at NC State, and uh, it happened to be the night, I think, that he plugged in, because I know he was mostly acoustic in his early years, in the 50s and into the, the yeah. 60s. And uh, But I think he plugged in that night, and I enjoyed it, but not as much as I would have heretofore, but... Uh, Always liked him, and I'm sure I probably heard the, the gentleman that is our concern here. So. Yeah. 
Uh, Tom, I want to mention some uh, people involved in uh, our nation's politics who passed away. Buddy Romer, remember him? Um, he passed away May 17th. He was 77 years old. He'd been the governor of Louisiana from 88 to 92. He, had, before that, had been in the House of Representatives for uh, about eight years. He was a candidate for the Republican nomination for president in 2012, matter of fact. Uh, native of Freeport, graduate of Harvard University, Buddy Romer. Uh, Pete DuPont uh, passed away May 8th. He was 86 years old. Uh, with a name like DuPont, you can about guess where he's from. He was, in fact, yes, the governor of Delaware from 1977 to 1985, and prior to that, he was in the House of Representatives uh, from 1971 to 1977. Yes, he was a member of the very famous DuPont family of Delaware, graduate of Princeton and Harvard, and was a Navy veteran. Things are tough yeah. all over, aren't they? What's that? I said things are tough all over. You know, he's, he graduated from, what did you say, Harvard and? And uh, Princeton, Princeton, both, yeah. And Princeton, both. He went to Princeton and Harvard Law School. Right. right. Yeah. John Warner, um, being a native Virginian, we remember John Warner died May 25th. He was 94 years old. Now, Warner was the or a, uh, a U.S. senator from Virginia for a long time, from 1979 to 2009. And during that time, he was chair of the Senate Armed Services and also the Senate Rules Committee, um, both of those committees. He was Secretary of the Navy from 1972 to 1974. And notably, John Warner was the sixth husband of Elizabeth Taylor, famous actress. They were married from 1976 to 1982. Uh, he was the last surviving of her seven husbands, was John Warner. Now, you need this to explain about the seven and the fact that she was married eight times now. Twice to Richard Burton is what I'm trying to oh, okay. Oh, okay. But he was, I think, uh, though I, I believe a Republican, was very well thought of across the aisle. If, if yes, he was. Correctly. That's correct. Um, and um, Elizabeth Taylor's last husband was a fellow named Larry Fortinsky, if you'll remember who I believe was a much younger fellow, but he died prior uh, to John Warner's death. Uh, he was a veteran of the Navy and the Marines both. He was in the Navy in World War II and the Marines in the Korean War. He went to Washington and Lee in Lexington, Virginia, and the University of Virginia Law School did John Warner. How about some journalists, Tom? Uh, okay. Bob Abernathy, I remember him. Uh, Died May 2nd. He was 93 years old. He had a 42-year career with NBC News. Uh, he had lots of assignments with NBC, including the Today Show. He was their chief Moscow correspondent. And he retired from NBC in 1994, and then he created a uh, show called Religion and Ethics News Weekly on PBS TV, which ran for 20 years until 2017. He, too, was a Princeton grad. He also studied at the Yale Divinity School. Bob Abernethy. Uh, Lucinda Franks uh, died May 5th. She was 74. She was a journalist for the New York Times and New Yorker magazine. And Lucinda Franks won a Pulitzer Prize for national reporting in 1971 while she was with United Press International, or UPI. She was the youngest person 
at age 24 ever to win a Pulitzer Prize. She wrote several books, one of which is a memoir about her longtime marriage to Robert Morgenthau, who was a well-known in New York City uh, district attorney. He died in 2019 at age 99. And one uh, journalist who I guess most of us remember for sure is Jay Barbary, died May 14th, he was 87 years old. He was a, a reporter who covered space launches for NBC. He covered every NASA human space launch from 1961 to 2011. And this includes all the Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo launches, and all 135 space shuttle launches. Wow. He wrote eight books, a native of Georgia, and an Air Force veteran, Jay Barber. Must, I was going to say, he must have been stationed in Florida or worked you know, <laughs> at an affiliate in Florida so he could be there all the time to, uh, to well, watch this. Watch well, he's native to Georgia, so that's not too far away, so... Uh, speaking of NASA, Michael Collins passed away. Remember him? Died April 28th. He was 90 years old. Michael Collins was the pilot of Apollo 11, July 1969. Where were you then? He flew the command module around the moon while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were walking around on the moon. I remember where I was and what I was doing back in those days. I, I, remember, I remember, too, and we were both, uh, if I remember correctly, we were not in the same place, of course. We didn't even know each other, but we were both staying up. It was in the middle of the night, if I remember, when they finally got to step off the uh, the lander on you know, one, one giant step and so on. But I, I remember it well. Well, I was in Korea. Uh-huh. And I saw it live in Korea. Um uh, as a matter of fact, I was in the Army stationed in Korea at the time. Uh, he was a 1952 graduate of the of the United States Military Academy, West Point. Um, and, of course, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1969, Michael Collins. Okay, we've got, uh, we don't have enough time for you to do another person. So can you okay. hold on to the rest of your list? Oh, I sure can. Dr. Edward Funkhauser, Professor Emeritus of Communications at uh, NC State University. And uh, it's good to have him do this because underneath all of that, he actually is an old-time disc jockey and radio pronouncer. So he's, he's good at it. And so uh, and he brings us uh, the, the necrology, the list of those who have passed away and uh, deserve to be remembered. We're going to pause now and check the news, find out what's going on in the world, and then, then follow up on the second half of the program with some more names on the, the necrology. All my gut is gone. Give all my happy, happy, happy home. And 9.33 in the evening. It's a Wednesday evening, right in the middle of the week. Uh, Tom Kearney on the Tom Kearney Show here. Tomorrow night, uh, we're going to have a nostalgia show, and so we're going to go back and share some memories of something. It doesn't have to be very far back, but it's uh, something that uh, you, uh, when you daydream, when you close your eyes, you sometimes think back to something, and uh, I haven't uh, chosen my, my subject yet, but uh, we'll meet you here following the 9 o'clock news tomorrow night on WPTF, and Friday night will be music trivia night, and uh, we will uh, get you to name that song for us. Uh, but tonight, 
in the middle of the week, Ed Funkhauser has come along for the month of May to bring us a list of those who have died but who deserve to be remembered, something, a list that, that's called, uh, borrowing from the Greeks, a necrology, a list of, that, that uh, as I've just described. Ed, uh, are you ready to start with part two? And you're going to have to start out by explaining that song that brought us back to the program, but I think it has a kind of a local connection, doesn't it? Oh, it has more than a lot. Yeah, you bet. Uh, it's, uh, that's a famous blues singer. His name is John D. Holman. Uh, John, middle name D-E-E, John D. Holman, H-O-L-E-M-A-N. Uh, he passed away April 30th. Um, uh, he was 92 years old. He's a very well-known blues singer, a guitarist, and a songwriter. Uh, John Holman has performed around the world and, and uh, impressive venues like Carnegie Hall, uh, National Folk Festival, and he's recorded many record albums. John D. Holman was born in Hillsboro, lived a great deal of his life in Durham, and he died in Roxboro, uh, North Carolina, on April 30th. Uh, he is a person who's received many impressive awards and honors, uh, including those from the National Endowment for the Arts and also from uh, the North Carolina Arts Council. Uh, John D. Holman. Um, uh, uh, someone that uh, is local, a local person who actually is quite famous as uh, a well-known uh, blues singer around the world. All right, uh, I want to uh, mention a couple of uh, chemists who have passed away, and one of them was more than a chemist, and her name was Marianne Fox. Uh, Dr. Marianne Fox passed away May 9th. She was 73 years old. And she was uh, not only a chemist, but she was also a university administrator. She was vice president for research at the University of Texas in the late uh, 1990s. And then she became the chancellor of North Carolina State University right here in Raleigh from 1998 to 2004. She was uh, NC State's chancellor. Uh, then she went to become the chancellor at the University of California at San Diego. And she had that job from 2004 to 2012. Marianne Fox was a member of the National Academy of Sciences. Moving um, to, the, to San Diego must have been really tough. I can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice place. <laughs> nice place, yes. Yeah. Spencer Silver died May 8th, age 80. Now, who in the world was Spencer Silver? Well, he was a chemist, and he was an inventor at the 3M Corporation, Tom. Had a Ph.D. in chemistry, as you might imagine. He held over 20 patents. But one of them, notably, was a low-tack adhesive. It was strong enough to hold papers together, but weak enough to allow the papers to be pulled apart and used again and again without being torn. Yes, this is the adhesive that was used for the 3M post-it notes, which we all have used, most of us have used in our lives. Uh, uh, Spencer Silver is a member of the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Now, I remember reading a story about that one time, and, and he may be just the guy who invented the adhesive and somebody else had the idea of the post-it notes, but I remember that some part of the invention of post-it notes had to do with the fact that the the person who had the idea wanted to use them to make mark selections in his hymnals on Sunday morning. So, 
That that is correct. And actually, he is not thought of as the actual inventor of the post-it note itself, but rather just the uh, just the adhesive. The adhesive, but the adhesive is what look. The adhesive is what makes the post-it note unique, right? Right. It, it, you can use it again and again and again. Right. Again and again. It was really. I'm thinking about it. It was quite revolutionary, as a matter of fact. And when you pull it off of something, it doesn't shred it or you know ruin right. it. That's correct. Yeah. I'm glad we know who he is now. Who? I've said I'm glad we know who Spencer is now. Okay. uh, And do you know who Paul Van Doren? Sounds like somebody you might have been on a quiz show. (laughs) In fact, it does sound like, but I think that was Charles Van Doren. That's right, Van Doren. uh, But Paul Van Doren passed away May 6th, age 90. Uh, If uh, you're a young person today, uh, you know of his product very much. Vans, V-A-N-S, Vans, he created a company in 1966 that became the manufacturer of Vans, which is a very popular brand of skateboarding and snowboarding shoes and apparel. Um, And, of course, his company is the sponsor of many skateboarding parks and uh, other uh, outdoor events of that ilk. Today, there are 150 Vans stores in the U.S., and Europe, Paul Van Doren. Um, okay. I want to um, mention uh, Roger Hawkins. I'm going to mention a musician here, Tom. Uh, he was a studio drummer at Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Now, Muscle Shoals, Alabama is a town in northern Alabama that is famous for its recording studios there. And they had a house drummer, in other words, a drummer who worked there for the groups that came in to record, and his name was Roger Hawkins. Roger Hawkins died May 20th. He was 75 years old. But this guy, Roger Hawkins, was a drummer for many, I mean dozens and dozens and dozens of hit records. I mean, I tried to make a list, but there's no point. The list goes on and on and on. It's very impressive, but I mean, Aretha Franklin, Wilson Pickett, Percy Sledge, Paul Simon, the Staples Singers, Bob Seger, Linda Ronstadt, I mean, you could, uh, Cher, you name it. But he played the drums on their hit record because he was there as the drummer in the studio. If you have listened to popular music during the past 40-plus years, you have heard the drumming of Roger Hawkins. How about that? And um, Tom Patsy Bruce uh, passed away. Uh, She was a country-western songwriter, uh, and she was best known as the co-author, the co-writer of Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up, pardon me, Grow Up to Be Cowboys. She wrote this with her husband, Ed Bruce, and of course this, and Ed Bruce recorded it, by the way, Um, but it was the number one hit for Waylon, uh, Jennings and Willie Nelson in 1978. Um, now, you now Ed, uh, Ed, when I saw the name, Ed, I, 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 I reacted, but Ed Bruce, her husband, died about three or four months ago, I think, uh, didn't he? He died, uh, Tom, Ed died on January the 8th, 2021. Okay, right. You may have said that, and I missed it, but I, I thought yeah. I remembered his passing away, and he 
he not only did country music, but he did a little acting, I think, too, on the side. So. That's right. He died, and he was, by the way, he died in January and was the same age as Patsy Bruce. Uh, and back in our previous program, when we covered that period of time here earlier this year, we mentioned that Bruce, and we played uh, a piece of that song, Mama's Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to the Cowboys. As a matter of fact. How are we doing with time, time Tom? We could take a break here and create a little room for the downhill slide of the last quarter of the program, and okay. we'll do that by identifying the pronouncer who's... Uh, uh, telling us uh, about the necrology, those who have passed away in the, the last month, updating the necrology for 2021, Dr. Ed Funkhauser, and he will he will finish the collection of those that he has uh, amassed for the more recent period after we take this break on WPTF. Such wonderful things around you. What more did you look in for under the sea? 948 at WPTF, Tom Kearney. Dr. Funkhouse, that's something that was immensely popular about 20 years ago, if I remember correctly. Uh, and uh, somebody who is connected with it, it was, is it Samuel Wright? Is that the person's name? Yeah, Samuel Wright sang that song. Samuel Wright passed away May 24th. He was 74 years old. He was an actor and a singer. He appeared in, in, in many films and on stage. But he probably is best known as the voice of Sebastian in the, the movie, um, Disney's movie, Little Mermaid, uh, and was the singer of that song, Under the Sea, which won an Academy Award as the best original song in 1989. He also played the role of Mufasa in the original cast of The Lion King. He was a native, by the way, of Camden, South Carolina, was Samuel Wright. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say I wanted to turn to sports. Uh, okay. Some, uh, some uh, well-known sports people that you and I both recall very well uh, have passed away. And I'll start with Del Crandall, uh, May 5th. He was 91 years old. Uh, well, um, if you're my age, you were you were you associate Del Crandall with the 1957 World Series champion Milwaukee Braves. Yeah, he was a catcher for the Braves, later uh, a baseball manager. He was the manager of the Brewers in the 70s and also the Seattle Mariners for a time in the 80s. But he played with the Boston Braves and then the Milwaukee Braves, 11-time All-Star, four gold gloves, and again, a World, Seri World Series champion in 1957. And, Tom, he was the last living player who played for the Boston Braves. And, and then I think for me, I remember him well because that was really when I was young and really getting sure. into baseball and the Milwaukee Braves had a tremendous team. And I was a big fan of a guy who used to throw to him, Warren Spahn. But I'm trying oh, yeah. to think of the third baseman who played for the for Eddie the Matthews. Eddie Matthews. He was... Yeah. Uh, a player who played, uh, I don't think Dale Crandall did this, but Matthews played for the Boston Braves, the Milwaukee Braves, and the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I don't think uh, Dale ever played for the Atlanta Braves as far as I know. I don't believe he did. But uh, it's a real distinction to have played for the Boston Braves because they were one of the first teams, they were the first team to move when they when they, right. they, they decided that, that the major leagues need to, needed to do something. Uh, and the Braves were drawing very many, many right. in Boston, so they moved to... Uh, 
Milwaukee, one couple, right. one or at least one World Series, and we're in a couple more. And then uh, yeah. in the mid '60s, moved to Atlanta. That's a little baseball history for those who may be too young to know it. Anybody Jim else? Miller died May fourth. Tom, he was seventy-six years old. Um, okay. He was the pitching coach for Baltimore. Uh, really, that's where he achieved his fame. Uh, he also was the manager for the Orioles in the late '90s, and he managed the Twins for a time. But he was a tutor of great pitchers. Jim Palmer, Mike Boddicker, Mike Flanagan, Steve Stone, Scott McGregor. Uh, he was a pitcher in the minor leagues, but he never made it to the majors as a player. He died May 4th at age 76. Ray he, was, he also was a pitching coach and, and helped to bring the Pittsburgh Pirates staff along. That was Correct. He was with the Pirates team. for a time, too. Yeah. Bobby Unser died May 2nd. He was 87 years old. He was a race car driver, of course. Uh, uh, part of the Unser Racing family. The Unsers, by the way, have won the Indy 500 nine times. Bobby has won it three times in three different decades, 1968, 1975, and 1981. His younger brother, Al, won the Indy 500 four times. <laughs> of course, he's in a number, by the way, a large number of the different motorsports halls of fame. It's Bobby Unser. Um, want to mention a few others. Lee Evans was the American sprinter, won gold medals in the nineteen sixty eight Summer Olympics in Mexico in the four hundred meters and the uh, four hundred meter relays. The four times four hundred relays, as a matter of fact. Uh, Joe Beckwith was the pitcher for the Dodgers and the Royals. He died May twenty second. He was sixty six years old. He's mostly a relief pitcher, but uh, he was on the 1985 World Series champion Kansas City Royals team. Uh, he was an Auburn University star, a uh, pitcher there at Auburn University. He was a native of Opelika, Alabama, and Joe Beckwith's first major league appearance was in relief of Dodger Don Sutton in 1979. Sutton was from Cleo, Alabama, and both Opelika, Alabama and Cleo, Alabama are both in eastern Alabama, not very far apart. And J.D. Roberts uh, was the head coach of the New Orleans Saints from 1970 to 72. Never played professional football, but he was the Outland Trophy winner in 1953. That's the best lineman in college football. He's All-American at Oklahoma. Member of the College Football Hall of Fame. He died May 25th at age 88. Courtney Hall was the center and guard for the San Diego Chargers from 1989 to 1996. Uh, he was the captain of the Chargers team in the 1995 Super Bowl. Graduate of Rice, had a law degree and an MBA degree from Chicago, and was a venture capitalist, capitalist uh, in his career. Helped manage Rice University's $4.5 billion endowment. With Courtney Hall, who died April 29th, as a fairly young man, age 52. That's who we have, Tom. Okay, and, and of course we always have something to, to fall back on, and I'm, I enjoy the fallback position well enough that I think you ought to come one night and just talk about the, the nonfiction you've been reading. But you told me earlier today that our fallback tonight, you, that you had a couple of books to mention to our audience, and now's the time to do that. Well, a couple of books I want to mention um, that about World War II, one of which is the D-Day Girls. There have been several books written recently about the roles women played in World War II behind the lines. Um, 
And the D-Day Girls is one. It's by Sarah Rose. And the subtitle is The Spies Who Armed the Resistance, Sabotaged the Nazis, and Helped Win World War II. Um, and uh, I recommend that. But I want to tell you, uh, I'm really enjoying, almost finished reading the latest Malcolm Gladwell book. I don't know how you feel about Malcolm Gladwell, but he's one of my favorite writers. Anything he writes is just uh, brain candy, if you will. Excellent. And he has written a book called The Bomber, B-O-M-B-E-R, The Bomber Mafia. And you have to, yeah, it's about bombers, airplanes, and it's about war, but it's also about much, much more. Uh, the Bomber Mafia, A Dream, A Temptation, and the Longest Night of the Second World War by Malcolm Gladwell, and I really do recommend that. It's a great read. I saw him on TV recently. I like to watch Book TV, the thing that C-SPAN puts on, and he was being interviewed about this book and about, and I'm trying to think of uh, the head of the, the the Air Force bombing uh, that uh, later on. Curtis LeMay, as a matter of fact, and then the, the the belief is, I think, by most people that the the uh, napalm attack on Tokyo before the uh, atomic attacks actually did more damage and killed more people. It was terrific, right? Yeah. And this book is about that, uh, and of course, that's uh, you know a terrible subject. <laughs> and you might think, well, I wouldn't want to read that because it's so terrible. But this. Uh, this is a very sort of enlightening book, uh, and um, he is such a good writer, and I, I recommend anything he has written, and this one is uh, no different. And, and it's time to go. So I want to thank you for being with us sure. tonight. We, this is a really good timing, a neat package, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you later. Dr. Edward Funkhauser is the keeper of the necrology, the upgrade for 2021. I'm Tom Kearney, and I'll be back tomorrow night.